So we are now in devotional free, Lydia. Let's begin with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for this opportunity to study yet another wonderful woman in scripture, a woman that has been fashioned for you, a woman which you used her life for your glory. I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through scripture, that you'll strengthen our ears and our listening skills and you'll strengthen our spirit men so we can see what you're trying to tell us in the and through your word today. I pray that it's not a religious practice, but instead something that really forms us, helps us in our homes, helps us with our families or our careers or our businesses or our ministries or our friendships, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that it will be useful to our life and that we are useful to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so we are now on devotional three, um, just like that. If you haven't listened to the other previous devotionals, I really encourage you to do so. We looked at two amazing women. We looked at Miriam and Rahab, who both, I suppose, could not be called lesser known characters per se, but definitely, you know, they're not, they don't, they don't have books dedicated to them. Let's put it like that. But now we're in the New Testament and we are going to look at Lydia and she definitely is a lesser known character. She certainly doesn't have a book dedicated to her like Queen Esther. In fact, I'm not sure she has a full entire chapter dedicated to her. But yet her life was rich and she was greatly used by God. And I think that there are a few attributes that we can take out from the life of Lydia, which will be useful to our lives practically, practical steps that will allow our faith to spill out and fuel other areas of our life. What I, what I, what I do want to mark and what I do want to note before I continue is we're in the New Testament now. And I always find that really, really interesting, particularly post-Gospels. So we're actually in the book of Acts, and I'm sure you'll get your scriptures now. The scriptures for Lydia's devotional are as follows. Acts 16, from verse 14 to 15. Acts 16, verse 14. So we're in the book of Acts. And so actually, what we're in what I would call our era. Many of the people we meet in the book of Acts, much of the people we meet per Acts onwards, other than the writers and authors of these stories, and in fact Paul himself, who you know is an author for the majority of the New Testament, never actually physically saw our Saviour. So they are moving and operating in and within a function of faith, which is afforded to us too. You know, one could argue, you know, Peter, John, James, you know, they saw Jesus feed the 5,000. They they saw him heal the sick. They saw him do amazing things. People could argue amazing women like Mary, who we didn't study in this devotional series. Maybe we'll look at her in another devotional series. But one could say, you know, I mean, she she was with Jesus. She sat with him. So not that it didn't require faith, but it certainly would have strengthened their belief so. But now we're in a time where actually these people never saw Jesus. They are moving off the stories of those that did in exactly the same way that we are. And I think that that is a real, real, real encouragement 
Because if Paul can have faith and he never saw Jesus, in fact, he said, as we said in, in, in the devotional rehab, he is the lesser of these. But if he can have such faith, faith that transforms his world, and he, he didn't witness the feeding of the 5,000. He didn't witness, you know, the healing of the sick. He wasn't there at the tomb of Lazarus. All of this is something that was fashioned within him. And I think, pray in the name of Jesus that it'd be fashioned within us too. But yes, Lydia, so we find her in the book of Acts chapter 16. And, you know, Paul is really, he's really on one in that he has started and has continued. He's planting churches all over. He hasn't come to Christ half-heartedly. And I know this isn't a devotional on Paul, but very much like Miriam and Rahab, it does provide us with a very, very, very useful backdrop. And the backdrop is the fact that he was all in. There wasn't a, you know, a half-hearted, you know, should I give my life to Christ? Once he had made that decision that truly, 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 he was going to work for Christ, he was going to he was going to live for Christ. That was it. And so he traveled the world. That was his life sold out. And I think that could be, a, a, there's a little challenge there for us, isn't there really? Because I don't know about you, but it's, it, it's, it encourages me to, to really surrender the parts of my life that has not been sold out. And I, I'm still holding on to, um, but Paul, on his way and on his travels, it says in verse 14 now, he met a certain woman named Lydia. Lydia, in fact, heard us, the Bible says. From I'm reading from King James and you'll, you know, you'll get that scripture now. Acts 16 from verse 14 to 15. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Titeria, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. There was a certain woman called Lydia who had heard Paul. That's why I spoke about Paul being sold out for Christ, because Lydia heard Paul. Lydia, Lydia saw Paul. Lydia, by virtue of her faith, if you like, was ignited by what she saw in Paul. And that is a challenge for us. I think in this time, I think we've got a lot of churches, we have a lot of events, we have a lot of conferences, but what do they hear of us? What do they hear of our, of, of our lives? What do they hear of how we deal with bitterness? What do they hear of how, they, of how we deal with unforgiveness? What do, we, what do they hear of how we do the school run? Or the late night feeds. What what is it that people hear? Is is it encourage? Is it encouraging them towards Christ? And this certain woman, which as we know, the Bible says that a lot, a certain woman. But this woman, certain woman, usually is remains unnamed. But not Lydia. Lydia was named, and it says that she was a seller of purple cloth. And that already is our first, if you like, introduction to who she was. She was a boss. She was a seller of purple cloth. You know, in that time, we know that women tended to be, it was a different society. They tended to be more domesticated, quote and unquote. 
you know, homemakers. But she and people tend to, if they're looking for any reference in scripture for business women, they go to Proverbs 31. And they don't really travel far out from Proverbs 31. But they should travel to Lydia. Because we see the businesswoman Lydia. We see not only is she a businesswoman, it says the Bible says that she was a seller of luxury of luxury luxury cloth because purple cloth in those days were only afforded for luxury purple actually you know symbolizes throughout the whole of scripture it symbolizes royalty very much like we we read in Rahab who had to you know hold down the scarlet rope signifying the blood of Jesus here we have Lydia a certain woman and it says the bible says she was a seller of purple cloth miles away from Rahab who was selling other things um a seller of purple cloth a boss and you know a woman of enterprise a woman who was holding down a job a woman who had a job a woman who was running a business you know and that to us that to me is fantastic because what we tend to see in scripture is you know the broken woman and and all of us you know to some extent are broken and God fixes us but I mean the woman that's in need we see the woman at the well we you know who we could could have been one of our characters but she's not really lesser known we we, there's, there's there's vast vast literature research and studies on women who you know needed Christ or needed the faith because in some respect they were in physical need but here we see a woman who, for all intents and purposes, was an absolute boss. And I'm not sure who's listening to this, but the, but they have believed the misconception that you have to continually be broken. But actually, as we come to know Christ Jesus, he is the ancient of days. There isn't anything that we do that we have to reduce. You know, we, we have to make up. We don't have to change our testimony to receive him. He meets the higher and he meets the lower. He is mighty to save. His hand isn't too short. And so here we have a very capable woman. A very capable woman. And that is very important and that's very encouraging because a lot of the WTALK community are capable women. They're capable women, but just because you're a capable woman doesn't mean you don't need God. Just because you're a capable woman doesn't mean you don't need a saviour. And what I love here about the, you know, one of the second points that I want to draw out from, from, the, from the character of Lydia is that even though she was holding her stuff down, she heard Paul. Which means, you know, for everyone that feels like they have to have it continually all together, the food has to be made and it has to be on point. Fresh stew every day. <laughs> you know, as my friends would say, you know, your children have to be immaculate, you know, your job, you want to, you want to be, I don't know, partner, but by the time you're 40, or whatever ambitions, you want to have seven businesses on the side, and you think you have to do all of this in your own strength, we see Lydia here, actually, who actually was holding down her ish, but still was in need of her saviour, that's why she heard him, something in her spirit said, actually, I am a seller of luxury goods. There isn't anything in my business that isn't going well. She was financially free. 
That's a, that's a really important thing to note because it means that even though she was financially free, she still needed God. There was a part of her that was still in need of him. The second point, or second or third, the third point, sorry, that I wanted to bring out about this character, Lydia, which I find so amazing. So it says that she was a seller of purple goods in in the city of Tyatira, which we know is in the sort of Greek region. So we know that she was a gent. well, we can assume that she was a Gentile, um, who must have been somewhat familiar with Jews because she heard Paul, she was certainly in that in that space but it says who worshipped God who worshipped God and what I love about that is she didn't know Christ she didn't know the saviour but she worshipped God I love that the bible says that she worshipped God even though we know that at that point she was not a gentile convert at that point she didn't call Jesus the messiah but the bible says that the Lord opened her heart to heed the things which Paul has spoken. And I just think in this time, it's so important for us to be a truth seeker. That's what I, that's what I get from, from her. In her saying that she worshipped God, I felt that she was a truth seeker. So God opened her heart. She was someone that actually, she didn't know the truth yet. But she worshipped God with what she had. She worshipped God with who she was. But she worshipped God with what she has. It, it creates a really interesting question because it was like, well, how could she have worshipped you if she did not know Christ? But it means, for me, I understand that to be, she was somebody that was able to seek Christ by seeking truth. And in this day where everyone has an opinion, everyone is commenting on something or someone We have to fashion our hearts and that's a massive challenge, a massive challenge this week to shut out the noise and be someone that actually with our heart seeks the truth, seeks the truth. The Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in this day where feelings and emotions and, you know, I'm going to live my own truth, we've made truth to be something that is somewhat relative. But truth isn't relative. Truth is very objective. And if she, if she, the Bible says that she worshipped God and by virtue of her worship God, worshipping God, even though she did not know the saviour, even though she did not know the saviour, God opened her heart. The Bible says that if you knock on the door, it will be opened up to you. If you seek, you shall find. And if you ask, it will be given. And for me, these, that, that simplifies much of our lives. Because all we have to do really is begin to seek. The Bible doesn't talk about us being the answer. And that's really important to this powerful boss lady who could easily position herself to be the answer. She could easily, is it money? She could provide. You know, is it a business? Is it, is, it, is it being intelligent? Well, we know that she has business acumen. She could position herself to be the answer. And sometimes just because we have received what we feel that like we want from God or, or for the most part, our life is okay, we stop seeking truth. But it's in the seeking of the truth that God opens our heart for us to receive him. So who, it doesn't matter where you are right now in your life what you have obtained or what you're hoping to obtain 
or you know what you're hoping to also attain a level or of success that you're you're wanting to pursue you can never stop being a truth seeker you can never stop being someone who fights for truth who seeks for the truth because by virtue of you seeking for the truth God opens your heart to hear him and but if we ever have a posture where we have arrived and Lydia could have assumed such a posture if we ever have a posture where we have arrived then we stop seeking and if our heart posture is that we stop seeking then we stop receiving so God saw her heart and opened her to receive the truth her heart posture was that of continued exploration and 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 i think that that should be our heart posture of continue continued exploration and i think that should be our heart posture of continued exploration great you've got the kids wonderful great you found the husband that's good great you've been promoted great great you've got your side hustle and it's making money wonderful i'm happy for you don't stop seeking truth and it says in 15, it says, and, sh- and when she and her household, and he, he, so she heeded to all the things that Paul had done, straight away she was baptised. Now, that tells me, that, that, that already tells me a little bit more about Lydia. It also probably tells me why she's been successful in her, in her other dealings in life, because she makes a decision. She makes a decision and she takes responsibility for her decisions. And after God had opened her heart so she could hear the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, she became a convert, a Gentile convert. In fact, the Bible says, and from research, that she was one of the first converts in Europe. She made a decision. She got baptised. There's no dilly-dallying. You know, much of our maturity in Christ and much of our maturity in faith does rest upon us making decisions. Making decisions to cut the guy off, making decisions to switch jobs, making decisions of what school our children should attend. These might seem seem like, oh, these are not decisions of faith. They all are. They're all they, they are all decisions of faith because they are all decisions that we have to make and after we've surrendered. And after she surrendered, she made a decision. This is could you imagine that we are two verses in her life? This is just 14 and 15. And what an amazing, what an amazing, I mean, how interesting that in two verses in the whole of scripture, we know that she's a boss. We know that she's a truth seeker. We know that God opened her heart by virtue of her seeking truth and worshipping him. And we know that she's a decision maker because she got baptised straight away. And not only did she get baptised, we learned something else about her. It says, and when she and her household were baptised. So by virtue of Lydia being baptised, very much like Rahab, her whole household was saved. So there we see again the power of a woman, an influencer. We see Lydia not just a boss lady. We see Lydia not just a truth seeker. We see Lydia the influencer. And so by virtue of her heart being open because she continually sought after truth, her whole household her whole household were baptised. And she said, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Not much is, is, is really given by way of 
by way of report in scripture. But wow, oh wow, has so much happened in her life in two verses. And many of us are waiting for years and months for this big, I don't know, majestic change. But actually it all rested on her being able to make a godly decision by virtue of her seeking truth. And that is the challenge. And I I really want you to get that all rested upon her making a godly decision upon her ability to seek truth. And then she went a step further because she didn't just get baptized. Her household didn't get baptized. She said, Paul, come and stay with me. Oh my goodness. I w- this is to me, I love this stuff. Because, you know, we live in a culture where, you know, we think it's money versus God. And we think if you have money or you have ambition, particularly as women, you think if you're an ambitious woman, then maybe you're not a submissive woman. Or we think if you're an ambitious woman or you're a woman that, you know, I don't know, is doing very, very well in the in, in the purpose that God has given her. Maybe there's something we can miss. We make these things mutually exclusive. But here we see a surrendered life. Here we see everything that she had already obtained and attained now being placed at the feet of Jesus to be made use, to be made useful, to be, to be, to be put to use for the kingdom of God. And so she went from being a purple seller, which she probably continued to do, her enterprise continued to grow, to hearing the truth as God opened her own heart, to being baptised, to her household being baptised, to her now saying to Paul, come and stay, come and be a part of this. I'm a wealthy woman, you know, we can can easily infer that, I'm I'm a wealthy woman, come and stay. And we know her to be one of the founders of the church of Philippi. As we know, Paul was a missionary, so he didn't stay in in places for too long. He didn't settle in places for too long. So he would set up places. He would set up churches all over the world so that the gospel of Christ Jesus could be be spread. We need people to fund such things. We need people to set up such things. And Lydia was such a woman. Lydia did not know Christ before she met Paul but she saw Paul God opened her heart she received Christ she always worshipped God she was always seeking truth she was worshipping God by being diligent she was worshipping God by being in position but there are levels to this thing and she went to another level by saying I'm opening my house I'm actually everything I have is yours God That's the best way to put it. Everything I have is yours. And so shortly after Paul actually met Lydia, he was actually put in prison. Um, And that's a story for another day. But I encourage you to read that in in, in Acts chapter 16. Um, And then we hear from her again in one more verse. It says, so then they went, when when he came out from prison, Paul, um, and entered, he said, and he entered the house of Lydia. And when they were, had been there, he saw the brethren and, they, and he encouraged them and he depart, departed. And I read that and I thought, gosh, goodness, brethren? Brethren? So in the time that Paul was in prison, Lydia had grown what she had to the point that Paul's final address in that region was done in the, in the house fellowship of Lydia. 
Because ultimately, she is a woman that multiplies things. She is a resourceful woman. She is a woman of wisdom. She is a woman who knows how to market because she sells purple cloth. Everything she is and everything she was, she surrendered. She surrendered. And I think sometimes when we talk about surrendered life, we think, oh, I've got to only surrender my burdens. Oh, I've got to only surrender my pain. Oh, I have to only surrender my forgiveness. No, you need to surrender everything. All of those great attributes you have, surrender it so it can be used by the king. Paul's final address in that region was done to the brethren. The brethren that congregated in the house of Lydia, who was a woman who sought after truth, was baptised, she made a decision very quickly for Christ. And then she said, well, now everything I have is yours. And this is an accumulation of three, three, maybe possibly four verses in the whole of the the Bible. What a boss. What an absolute boss. And this, you know, of, of... her and the next week's lady, nothing encourages me more to say, look, it's not everyday spotlight. It isn't everyday, you know, you have to be in the forefront. Not everyone has to be in the forefront. People aren't really doing that many sermons and reports on Lydia. But Lydia supported Paul. And Paul was for the kingdom of God and so was Lydia. And so whatever tiny thing you think you're doing, which you think isn't useful, it is useful. Play your part, play your position. Surrender everything to God. Everything that you have. Be a decision maker and be a truth seeker. Because if you continue to seek after truth, you will find him. You will find him. And that is Lydia. That is our third Wonderful woman, biblical heroine. And she doesn't have a book in the Bible. She doesn't even have a total chapter. But my goodness, when you think about the mission and missionary of Paul, particularly in the church of Philippi, what an instrumental character she was. May we be instrumental characters in the stories of the lives of those that God has set around us. In Jesus' name, amen.